As we begin, would you please join me in prayer? Our gracious God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we are grateful for the privilege of coming before you and trusting you to do your work through your word in us. And so today, would you do that? And especially we trust, Lord, that your word would speak not only to us, but especially to Kyle as he is uh, finding himself in this uh, crossroads of ministry, this important step towards uh, ordination and installation. Uh, as this congregation celebrates this event today, we want to give you the honor and the glory. And so, Lord, through these words and through these moments today, would you be honored? And would your spirit please lead us as we... Uh, explore your word and as the spirit explores us so that we might have this word implanted in us and grown to your glory guide us today and guide me as uh, we explore your word together we're grateful for your kindness grateful for your guidance grateful for your provision in christ's name amen in a few moments, I'm going to, to read the, the scripture, but I, I want us to acknowledge that as, as we have, um, through even the experience of today, that we're in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> and hundreds of thousands of people have become ill or died from a virus that seems unable to be contained. As you know, people are lining up all over the country to get vaccinated from the scourge of COVID-19. Millions, really literally millions are scrambling to get inoculated to protect their bodies, even their lives from the ravages of this virus. But have you ever thought about, have you ever considered that there are viruses that attack our faith, that assault our very relationship with God? One of the life-threatening viruses of faith that believers face is the virus of worry. Worry that keeps us from an intimate and intentional relationship with God. Worry can keep us from a vibrant and obedient connection with the Lord. How has worry affected, or I can say infected, you? Have you ever been able to deal with this thing called worry? Do you lose sleep over it? Are you caught up in the waters of worry and feel like you're drowning? <laughs> you worry about your health, your, your job, your relationship with family members, even your relationship with God, concerned about God's help and provision. Today, you, you saw the sermon title. Uh, it says that it's a, a vaccine for worry-free ministry. Why am I addressing the question, what is the vaccine for worry-free ministry? Well, as we acknowledge today is Kyle Lincoln's ordination. Uh, now, I know the word ordination sounds like coronation, but that's not what's happening today. It's not a coronation, but an ordination, uh, practice as old as the ancient scriptures. Here we recognize the gifts that God has given a person, the calling that's been placed on his or her life, and we gather to thank God for this person, for Kyle today, 
and set them aside for the work of ministry. But not only that, but it's an installation. Now, I know that some of you might be looking for uh, a cord or something like that, the plug in which we can uh, plug into the wall for Kyle's, like installing a, a dishwasher, but <laughs> it's much more than that. It's recognizing what God has been doing in his life and officially connecting him to the life of this church as assistant pastor. Kyle asked me to, to preach today, and then I asked Kyle if he had a passage, a favorite passage, on which he would like for me to preach. And this was one of them, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, which says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. It's a wonderful verse, especially for an ordination. But what I'd like to do, though, this morning, just for a few minutes, is to take a look at this passage, to set this jewel within its wider context, to see what these all things that will be added to you, to see what it means to seek God's kingdom first. I want to pull back the curtain on this passage to see what Jesus is referring to as he gives us this gem that's located in this passage, that is the gem of Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. So please turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. That's Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. And as I read this text, I want you to ask yourself, what is Jesus getting at in this passage? What is he telling his disciples? us, and especially Kyle this morning, as he embarks on a life of ministry. So I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 6, beginning with the verse numbered 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you much more important than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Do not worry, saying, what will we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. What does this text tell Kyle and us about Jesus' warning of not worrying? Well, it tells us this. Worry-free ministry means a fixed focus on God's priorities. Jesus addresses needless worry. The emphasis here is on needless worry in the lives of his disciples and calls them to focus on God's priorities. He uses two illustrations 
to show God's provision for them. One is the provision of food, and the other one is the provision of clothes. And in both cases, God demonstrates his care and provision, and therefore cancels out the need for worry. But as you can see, as Jesus is implying that some of the disciples got the order wrong. They were acting like pagans who run after, which is another way of saying seeking. That is, the uh, pagans run after. God is calling his followers to seek after. They, these pagans uh, were seeking after stuff rather than the sovereign. And what we see here in verse 33 is almost a, a freeze-dried statement of the entire passage. Verse 33 brings everything together into one statement, but, now notice it's a but, and it's referring to that which is in contrast to what's been said before, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Notice that the contrast is between what the pagans seek and what the followers of Christ seek, and all these things will be given to you as well. Yes, even food and clothing and so much more. It's talking about the kingdom. And the kingdom means God's priorities, that is, what God wants for us and what God wants from us. And this is to recognize that God is God over everything and everyone, and in so doing, we are in a right relationship with him. That is, this rightness, this righteousness, is a full submission to his will, joining in telling others about the kingdom and of the salvation made possible in Christ. Now, trust me, Kyle, the determination of a fixed focus on God's priorities extends far beyond food and clothing. It hits at the very heart of pastoral ministry. Worry can and may very well overtake you. At times, worry consumed me as a young pastor. There were situations that were absolutely overwhelming. I had a fighting congregation. Uh, they, they had clashing opinions on the vision for ministry. And some people simply didn't like each other. And as pastor, I was overwhelmed and lost my focus. Worry paralyzed me. I, I'd lay on the floor of my study on my back or in a prone position and was not able to do anything for hours. Sure, I, I prayed, but I prayed worrisome prayers. And I'm not sure exactly what happened or how it happened, but by God's grace, my focus went from self, myself, to my sovereign, to God. God provided through his word, through his spirit, and through his people, the needed correction I required to trust him. I had become almost pagan-like in in my thinking that I could change, that I could change my situation not recognizing that only God can, and that I was called to trust him through it. Now, some of you who are sitting there, uh, look at ministers, and you think, because somebody's a minister, we're so close to God that he or she doesn't think of any concerns of the world. (laughs) Far from it. Uh, The passage isn't saying that a preacher isn't concerned about the provisions of life. It's not as if the disciples or others didn't struggle with this. Elijah, for example, ran away from Jezebel on a worrisome run. Paul was concerned. He was worried about the churches that he had founded. Worry is part of ministry. 
Worry is part of life. But worry isn't to take us out of focus on who God is and what God promises. Worry-free ministry means a fixed focus on God's provision. So not only does worry-free ministry mean a fixed focus on God's provision, but we also see from this text this, focus on such priorities will yield God's provision every day. See, what's happening here is that Jesus is continuing a conversation about out-of-focus priorities, which had begun earlier in this chapter, in the previous verses. Because if you look at verses uh, 16 through 18, he tells his disciples that God honors genuine acts of devotion. And then in verses 19 through 24, he instructs his disciples that God expects them to serve him and not money. Now in this portion of the passage, Jesus shows his followers that the treasures on earth, that is money, food, clothing, don't match the treasures of the kingdom. He says that if they focus on God's priorities, on his kingdom, that they have nothing to worry about. In fact, as you can see here, he gives an illustration that although Solomon, who was perhaps the wealthiest of all Israel's kings, uh, it doesn't compare to God's kingdom because uh, they have nothing to worry about because God will take care of them richly. He will take care of what they need each day that they face. This promise is an echo of what Jesus taught earlier in this passage when he was asked by the disciples to teach them to pray. And what does he say in verse 11 of this chapter? The 11th verse says, give us today our daily bread. So there's no need to worry for God, that God will provide what we need as long as we have a fixed focus on God's priorities. So we can trust him even for these very basic elements of life, money, food, clothing, as we live out God's call in ministry. And you know that, Kyle. You know that from the experience that you've had at college and, and seminary. Uh, I was in my final semester of seminary, and I was, wasn't even sure if I was going to graduate. It wasn't that I had not finished my courses. I had finished that. That wasn't the problem. But I still owed money on my bill, and I couldn't get my diploma until the bill was paid. I thought I had God's purposes in view. I responded to his call. I submitted to his will, but I didn't have the money. I I don't come, I didn't come from a Christian home, nor did I come from a home with any wealth at all. Seminary was paid for by scholarships, by me working, and by the financial generosity of those who were investing in my life. The day the came, they came when the bill was due, and I I went to my mailbox, um, and I I found an envelope with the exact amount of money that I needed to pay my bill. I I don't know where that money came from. I still don't know, but I do know that it was a provision from the Lord. I felt rich. (laughs) I, I was rich. God took care of me. Haddon Robinson, my former colleague and dear friend, would often say, 
you'll make decisions and your decisions will make you. You could say that Robinson was talking about priorities. Sometimes we'll make decisions that keeps God's kingdom in view and things seem to be go, going smoothly. But there are occasions when we make selfish, compromising decisions that eclipse God's purposes. And there are consequences. What we're getting at here is that focus on God's priorities will yield God's provision in everyday experience. So, so what is this text talking about? What are, we, what are we getting at here as we look at this text? It's this. Worry-free ministry means a fixed focus on God's priorities will yield God's provision every day. This passage, as you notice, begins and ends with a warning against worry. Verse 25 and verse 34 show us that. It's almost bookends it. But at the height of this passage, in verse 33, in the height of this passage is the inoculating step of injecting one's life with the fixed purpose of focusing on God's priorities, first and foremost. Everything else will be taken care of. That's why the punch of this verse 33, there's an incredible punch here that, that Jesus says that today requires enough focus to occupy us without getting out of focus by looking ahead to tomorrow. And this theme of a fixed focus on God's priorities isn't just found here in Matthew chapter 6. It's seen throughout the scripture. For example, the apostle Paul in his statement in Philippians chapter 3 verse 14 says that he presses on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. The writer of Hebrews encouraged his readers when he says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Worry-free ministry means a fixed focus on God's priorities will yield God's provision every day. Kyle, this, one of your favorite verses, is worth memorizing, savoring, clinging to as you move ahead in ministry. Perhaps Lissy could sketch a picture of the theme of this passage to remind you of this encouraging truth. Maybe you can stitch the words on a cloth and frame it and gaze upon it as words of encouragement as you go through the good times and the worrisome times of, of ministry. Perhaps those of us here, as we are gathered together in person or through uh, technology, we can put this verse into emails and texts or notes throughout the years that we'll send to Kyle as he moves ahead in worry-free ministry. There may be moments when you don't want to hear these words, Kyle, or heed them, or even you're overcome by worry. But these words are your source. They can serve as your North Star to get you recalibrated. For when worry overwhelms you, you can be confident of God's provision that he will keep you as you keep him as your priority. Worry-free ministry means a fixed focus on God's priorities will yield God's provision every day. Kyle, and all of you who are listening to these words, the truth of this passage is a powerful reassurance. 
it inoculates us from harmful distractions. Worry-free ministry means a fixed focus on God's priorities will yield God's provision every day. And, and, and you don't know where God's going to lead you, Kyle. You don't know where he's going to have you serve. But you needn't be twisted with worry. But you're called to trust him for the next steps and the next steps and the next steps as you move forward in ministry. Sevilla Martin wrote a hymn about a fixed focus of God's provision. Uh, she focused on God's kingdom priorities. Her husband, Walter, was a, an evangelist, a traveling evangelist, and Mrs. Martin would often accompany him when he would go out preaching. But one morning when she was to go with Reverend Martin, she became ill, very ill, and couldn't go with him. And he was concerned uh, about going on this uh, evangelistic mission and considered ca uh, canceling the engagement. But their young son said something. He said, Father, don't you think that if God wants you to preach today, he will care for mother while you're away? Well, Martin did go. And upon his return, he found that his wife was well and that she had even written words to a new hymn and a hymn that he would later supply the music. The words of the hymn restate what this text is about. Worry-free ministry means a fixed focus on God's priorities will yield God's provision every day. The hymn is God will take care of you. Sevilla Martin, her, in her lyrics, she writes, the first verse says, be not dismayed whate'er betide. God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide. God will take care of you. The refrain says, God will take care of you through every day or all the way. He will take care of you. God will take care of you. The second verse says, through days of toil and heart does fail. <laughs> uh, that's worry. God will take care of you. When dangers fierce, your path assailed. That'll cause worry. God will take care of you. Verse three, you, all you may need, he will provide. God will take care of you. Nothing you ask will be denied. God will take care of you. Verse four, no matter what may be your test, God will take care of you. Lean weary one, or you could say worrying one. Lead weary one upon his breast. God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day or all the way. He will take care of you. God will take care of you. This is the vaccine for worry-free ministry. Worry-free ministry means a fixed focus on God's priorities will yield God's provision every day. Will you pray with me? Lord, we commit what we've heard from your word to you and that you would make it part of us. And especially Kyle this morning, we ask in Jesus' name, amen.